Gamecock fans, welcome home. See how it goes, uh, but we'll be ready to go. It's time to root. Touchdown, Carolina! It's gone! Touchdown! What a hit! He makes it in! Can you believe it? Gamecocks have won this game! You're your hosts, J.C. Sherbert. Oh, watch him celebrate now! Bill Molinax. My wife doesn't like hanging around losing. And Jamie Bradford. I'm going to tell you, you look like you joined Doug Dynasty. Signorama Studios and presented by Express Sunrooms of Columbia. It is Monday, April the 24th. JB, JC, and Phil here until 1 o'clock this afternoon. And we'll be joined in the next couple of hours by John Whittle and Keith Alsep. Uh, Whittle will be here in about 15 minutes or so. Alsep will lead off hour number two. There is some football to get to. It is Carolina Rise Live Week is what we'll call it, because a couple of events are coming up Thursday and Saturday, and really looking forward to seeing everybody out there. I know ticket sales have been skyrocketing, which is great, great, great news. So can't wait for that. And then, of course, we all know what the elephant in the room is, or the Gamecock. It is South Carolina baseball, as they are now number three in the country. Following their sweep of the Gators, it is their third sweep of the season. But South Carolina also sits at number one in the RPI. So there's a lot to get through. Uh, Kind of a strange weekend in the top ten with a lot of sweeps, including a lot in the SEC. Uh, I actually thought, guys, that Carolina would would get to number two. um, But uh, but they're at number three. It doesn't matter. Uh, They're a top eight national seed, and that's what really does count at the end of the day. I personally, I will say, here's my bold statement of the week. I think they're the best team in the country. Um, I've been waiting a while to say that. I wanted to to have a little bit more information before you make some big, crazy, bold statement like that. And um, and I, I think that as it stands today, they're the they're the best team in college baseball. Um, now, will they be in in June? I don't know. Last year, the best team in college baseball wasn't at the end of the year, and that was the Tennessee Volunteers, who had a pretty darn good weekend themselves. So uh, we'll see. But as it stands today, uh, they've earned it. Yeah, they deserve some praise, and they're going to get it uh, because uh, they have just been outstanding at thirty-four and six, and now in first place in the Southeastern Conference, a half game ahead of Vanderbilt. With all that said, Phil, JC, good morning and happy Carolina Rise Week. Ha, thanks. <laughs> thanks for reminding me. I have to fly later uh, on Wednesday, and <clears throat> all that. And shoot, uh, we we put our oldest on a plane today to go to the. National, the World Robotics Championship, 
uh, in Dallas and Nat's flying to Dallas tomorrow and then meeting me in Charleston Ooh. Wednesday night. Right. Uh, then we're going to work the events and so who's taking time care of all y'all's pets. Uh, the youngest and, and then the oldest will be back by Friday. So the youngest, uh, when, uh, we went to Disney, we left them here and they were fine. Um, there's cameras all over the house. He can't throw a party and, uh, all he's got to do is throw food into the turtle pond once and make sure red gets outside to go to the bathroom and don't, don't let him out by himself. And when the coyotes are out, so out. Uh, yeah. that's probably it. But, uh, yeah. So, uh, best team in college baseball. It's hard to argue, uh, against that JB, I think. And, uh, it's even more impressive when you consider how many players the Gamecocks were missing this past weekend, mm-hmm. uh, against the number three team in the country. Uh, this is a gritty, tough team that does not, that kind of refuses to have any excuses, uh, and refuses to have more than, you know, I mean, I guess they did have two straight losses at Vandy, but you know, that they bounce back I and mean, this group bounces back. And this group also doesn't rest on its laurels when they, you know, win a first game or, or whatever. Uh, so man, I, I tell you, it's, uh, it's been an impressive run. Uh, I think I think we're getting to the point now where, with every win, the Gamecocks are are, are probably matching some preseason predictions. Uh, I think I don't remember what exactly. I think it was like thirty eight, thirty nine. So we're a ways from that. But a lot of people thought thirty four, thirty five wins for this team this year, and they've got thirty four, um, and are showing no signs of slowing down. I want to give uh, you know some praise to Matthew Becker. I thought he had one of his best outings. Uh, on Saturday that, that he's had. Uh, it was really hard to hit. Uh, and then the Gamecocks bullpen uh, held up. Chris Veach had a really good weekend as well. Uh, and then there goes that guy, Ethan Petri. <laughs> it's crazy. I mean, you're just sitting there and you're like, uh, well, maybe he gets off to a slower start tonight. And then, ching, there it goes over the fence. Or, you know, he uh, – he broke the game open the other night. Uh, I thought that, that I mentioned this on the Friday show that singularly hit up six, three, because with Florida's offense, you know, you're, you're sitting there at six, three. And I think Stewart agreed with me. You don't get that two RBI single. I don't know that the floodgates open. So I continue to be impressed by young Dale Murphy. That's, that's my, you want my player comparison for him. That's my player comparison, Dale freaking Murphy. Uh-huh. And we can go ahead and throw Cole Messina in the Bob Horner. Uh, if I want to go old school Braves, we can throw him in the Bob Horner uh, <laughs> ring too, right? I don't know who Ken Griffey is yet, but uh, you know, I, I, I uh, Ken Griffey Senior, by the way, for for those that, that are too young to remember. Um, but look, I, I think that uh, it's just so fun to watch these guys, and, and it's so fun to watch each individual guy come up at different times and come up big. You know, Jonathan French, the whole internet's hating on him. Which I, I I think people need to get beyond this, right? Uh, or the message boards, ah, oh, French is a wait, blah 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 blah. Well, he, he comes up big with a hit, right? Um, every time you turn around, Evan Stone's making a play. You know, it's a it's a team effort, and I think that uh, I think there's a lot to be said about that. I mean, just good up top to bottom, all the way around. I mean. <laughs> what what more can you say? This really is like as depleted as they were to go up against this team who's been hot 
I mean, coming in here and I don't want to hear about the closer and this and that. Listen, you know what? Having your closer wouldn't have done you a damn bit of good. <laughs> You'd already <laughs> lost. Nothing to close. Yeah. You had already lost. It was over. So, you know, go cry in your beer, Gator Gators. It's okay. Uh, the only thing, you know, my biggest takeaway from the weekend is like, oh crap, is Tennessee getting hot at the right time? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's that fair. Was, you know, I mean, yeah, that's they won down the schedule. Like, damn, seven, 17 to one, dude. Uh, yeah. I mean, they, well, it, they, they, mean, they, I, they won. People focused on Vandy getting swept, but let, let's everybody be mindful of something. Vandy went 0 4 last week. They were outscored yeah. 41 to 11 in those four losses. And the other one, for those wondering, is Indiana State. And by the way, they are pretty good, the Sycamores. Uh, mm-hmm. But uh, if you want to know, though, here's the thing. Like, it, it, and, and, you know, you, you'll, you'll find your trolls here and there on the internet and this and the other. Some people tried to pull it, up, pull it on me this weekend, but I, I don't take the bait on this. A lot of that stuff. People think I do all the time. You'd be shocked of how much you don't respond to. Um, here, here's at the end of the day, though. Vanderbilt, by virtue of going zero and four last week and outscored guys by thirty runs, fell one spot in the polls. Okay, now that doesn't mean that. And, and I go by D one baseball. That doesn't mean that those people are a bunch of idiots. That's not what that means at all. It means that they are very thorough in their analysis every single week. Like, they're not the bounce-around pollsters of, oh, God, they went undefeated last week and did this. They're number one. Oh, they lost four games. They're, they're out of the top 25. Like, they don't do that. They, they have a whole season's worth of data that they use to rank every single week. And that's why I have so much respect for guys like Kendall Rogers and Aaron Fitt and and that whole staff because they 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 don't base their rankings off of one weekend one game or anything like that it is part of a larger database that they use um so it it's not like all of a sudden well how did we lose two of three to Vanderbilt well Vanderbilt's really good and JC you just hit the nail on the head Tennessee is also really good who couldn't figure it out for a while but they might have turned that corner this weekend. Uh, yeah. Uh, and it started with a one-run sort of nip-and-tuck win. I mean, they, their game one was four to three. And then Oof, the bottom <laughs> they scored nine runs with two outs in the first inning against yeah. uh, against Manny. And, look, that is – in sports besides football, in, in football I think it's it's almost – you know, Vanderbilt gets jack sky high for Tennessee. Tennessee's just like, yeah, it's Vandy. You know, they do play it at the end of the year. It is a quote-unquote in-state rivalry. Um, but in other sports like basketball and, and baseball, where the, the programs are historically more evenly matched, uh, if, if not advantage to Vandy, you know, those games are wars because, you know, there are a lot of kids that come from the state of Tennessee that go to both schools and, 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 the, and the other sports. Um and so that's a rivalry, and they got up for it. The balls did. Uh, I don't know what happened to Vandy, but that's life in this league. It could happen to Carolina at Arkansas. Oh, no doubt. Coming up in a couple of weeks, or Kentucky. So, uh, but uh, yeah, I, I think they're putting it together. I think a lot of people were surprised at the start they'd gotten off to. They're too good, really, to have lost. You know, to have gone through the stretches they have. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, at the same time. You know, they're coming to Founders Park at the end of the year. And this is not the same team that went up to Knoxville and got swept last year by any stretch. When you're South Carolina, 
and this crowd, you know, the, 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 the Gamecocks are going to continue to have uh, moving forward, especially for a big series like that. They, they've proven to be difference makers. That's why that top eight seed is so important because, you know, Founders Park gives the Gamecocks an advantage, especially when it's rocking like it was this past weekend. Yep, there's no question. And and uh and and again you just hit the nail on the head. You're you're on it today, JC. Yeah, you, well done. Well done, man. Uh it's I the from the fanatical side of it, it, it is so neat to see that number one. From the internal side of it, it's great to see number one because you know you've earned it. Uh for a team like South Carolina, there probably wasn't a soul in the country who thought by the time we get to May, this could be the best team in college baseball. So, you know, if you putting that one next to your name means internally, look, look, look what we've done here. We need to pat ourselves on the back externally. It's a it's a talking point for guys like us and and Twitter and, and message boards and things of that nature. But at the end of the day, it does not mean a darn thing in the grand scheme of it, as long as you just continue to take care of business. Um, you know, you can have these. Uh, side silly kind of conversations and, and they, and they're not, well, actually they're not silly conversations, but like number one puts the target on your back and it does. Um, obviously remember when number one LSU came to town, everybody was all excited because number one was there. When number one's there, it always creates an extra buzz. People don't, so I, I think people sometimes forget that, um, two and three is only one and two spots right behind one. But people like don't really see it that way. They're like, oh, they're number one. Well, they're number two, so it's not as big of a deal. No, it is. But if you're in the top eight, that's it. Like, that's it. And in Carolina right now, we see this every year that uh the top the seeding never follows the exact rankings ever. Ne- it never does. So, but Carolina's number one where it counts. And that's in the RPI. So, like, there, there is no question they're a national seed. There's no question they're a top eight seed. And, honestly, there's really probably no question that they're a top three or four seed. I actually think if it ended today, they'd be the number one seed. Okay? And, and the data backs that up. Yeah, and what, I mean- you know what I'm talking about? Like the real numbers of quad one wins, non-con RPI, uh, strength of schedule, seven strengths of schedule. Uh, I'm sorry. A number seven strength of schedule, number three non-con RPI, number one in the RPI overall. And they lead the nation in quad one victories with 16 to only five losses. And so, and, and, and they have no bad losses. When it comes to quads three and four, they're 18 and 0. So they beat the teams you're supposed to beat, and then they're beating all the really damn good teams too. So, like, all the data backs up right now that more than likely they'd probably be the top seed in the tournament if it ended today. But as we all know, there's a long, long, long ways to go. But, man, they should be proud of themselves. Sure. If it ended today too, they'd be the champions of the Southeastern Conference for only the fourth time in school history. Mm -hmm. Like Coach Big said on Friday, you're number one where it counts. In the yeah, one the RPI. I mean, you are right. Right. RPI. Yeah. That's it. I mean, you know the yeah. end all be all so, when it comes to seeding. So you're exactly where you want to be. Yeah, uh, and Carolina. Yeah, so I don't think got a lot of games to play. <laughs> no, they've only been a one number one overall one time. And, that's right. In, in 2000. 2000. 
Yeah. It was the, they yeah. started the string of number ones that never won the tournament because Miami was yeah. the last one to do it in '99, and it hadn't happened since. Uh, so, like, I don't even know that you want to be the number one overall. Maybe, so. maybe you want to be two. I don't know. <laughs> right. You know, I mean. You know, as long as you're in that top eight, you're at home, and then so much happens in that bracket every year. I mean, you've, you usually have three to four top eight seeds that go out anyway. Um, I kind of wish they'd reseed it once they get to Omaha, but they don't. Um, but still, hey, look. All I'm saying is, you wrap up a top eight seed. It, it is the way this team's playing, and the way Founders Park has been rocking. Right? It's going to be really tough for any team to come into Columbia and spring an upset. Now, there are some dangerous teams out there. Don't. It's baseball. Anything can happen. But uh, I, I think that you know, continuing to win, continue to win your share down the stretch, you know, sets it up for the postseason, which is I've said it many times. The postseason is where this program is judged. Mm-hmm. This is where South Carolina baseball is judged. Clemson series is great. SEC standings are great. Anything you'd ever put in the trophy case, like an SEC title, it's great. A little banner, you know. But South Carolina baseball is just how far do you go in the postseason? And most more importantly than maybe how far you go is, do you walk away from the season going, those guys went as far as they can. They gave it their all. We're satisfied because, I mean, that was the case with Ray Tanner's teams for about 14, 13, 14 years. Every year, even if they got put out in the regionals, with the exception of that super regional against Louisiana Lafayette, which we don't want to talk about, um, every other year, you know, you always felt like Tanner's team gave it all they had to the last strike, and you just lived with it, right? Um, The upsets didn't really start happening until the Holbrook era. Uh, And so I, I think that, you know, again, you got to put yourself in position to have that success, uh, and then we'll see. Hey, we'll see see when it gets here. We'll see in June, right? Yeah. So um, we'll see what happens. But yeah, I, I think you know that that's what this team needs to focus on: winning as many as they can, putting yourself in position to to play games at home, meaningful baseball in, in June. It's back, baby! Woo! Yeah. Uh, and, and that's uh, it's fun to watch those. Those games are tense, man. <laughs> especially once you get to Omaha, man, it's like every pitch, you know, but yeah. uh, we'll see sort of what happens. Well, it's absolutely. And I know we got, we got to get to break with Whittle, but I'll, I'll just, I'll add this quick piece here too. Uh, outside of, um, of North uh, Florida, who's coming up in, I think two weeks, three weeks, May 9th, midweek game, uh, whose RPI is at one sixty. That's the only game left on the schedule that would be considered a quote-unquote bad loss. That would be a quad four loss if, if they happen to slip up and get beaten the game. So, and if you've, no, if, you know, if you've noticed, if you pay attention to RPI, a lot of times, well, they can't move up anymore right now as their number one. But a lot of times you actually move up in the RPI with a loss, uh, depending on who you're playing. So m- my point is, like, they're, they're going to lose some games down the stretch. Like, that's just baseball. But there isn't as long as they beat North Florida, they're not going to have any losses on there. They're going to be considered like seed changing type losses, I, I, as in like bumping from an eight to a nine or something like that. Like they have all these games left. They've got twelve quad one games left, and then some quad twos in there, and that one quad four. So they have so many opportunities just to strengthen themselves, whether they win or lose. 
as a top eight national seed. And that is very, 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 very important uh, to, to keep our eyes on down the stretch. So, um, But we'll get more into that a little bit later on. Uh, when we return, John Whittle, who covers it like pretty much nobody else, uh, he will give us his thoughts on the weekend and moving forward as well as Carolina is set to take the week off until Auburn rolls in on Friday. What a time to be alive with Gamecock baseball. Hang tight. Inside the Gamecocks, the show from the Sinorama Studios. We'll be right back. Family vacations, a new car, a new boat, all cost money, but you don't necessarily have to make more to afford any of that if you can save cash that's flying out the window now. iHelp Consulting can help you finally get the kids to Disney World, upgrade the minivan, or drop that new boat in the water next summer. Let Daniel and iHelp Consulting consult with you. No fees, just savings. You pay them a percentage of those savings. Save on essential services, credit card fees, you name it. Let them find it. These folks are incredible. iHelpConsulting.com. How can I help you? Just as your State Farm agent combines good neighbor service with surprisingly great rates, you can combine your home, auto, life, or small business insurance with Tony Pope State Farm Insurance today. And guess what you'll get? That's right, even more good neighbor service with surprisingly great rates. In fact, Tony Pope State Farm is your go-to agent anywhere in South Carolina, North Carolina, or Georgia for the service you deserve at the price you want. So try combining your home, life, auto, and or small business insurance today. Tony Pope State Farm has been in business for more than 30 years and can handle anything you need in the tri-state area. Once again, Tony Pope State Farm will help you mix and match perfectly. Call 843-851-2222 or visit TonyPope.com today. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. The real estate market has changed dramatically from just a year ago. Rates, supply, demand, All of your traditional factors are in a transition phase. That's why if you or someone you know are considering making a move in the low country, contact me, JB, at Coast to Coast Realty. I work with an outstanding support cast of attorneys, lenders, inspectors, insurance agents, and more, all of whom are valuable in helping find a way for you to comfortably make your real estate decision. That's right. Call me, JB, your low country real estate broadcaster. Traveling to cheer on the Gamecocks? Reserve your hotel stay with Fan Plans. Your booking supports inside the Gamecocks and the Big Spur, plus you still earn your hotel loyalty points. Visit fanplans.com slash inside the Gamecocks. What's up, Gamecock Nation? This is Jakar Moore from the DMV, and you are listening to the show. Welcome back, everybody, to Inside the Gamecocks, the show presented to you by Express Sunrooms of Columbia. 803-446-4662 is how to get in touch with John Barber and his team to set up a no-obligation consultation about how they can turn your backyard potentially into an outdoor retreat. And, of course, the first hour of the show is brought to you by Cindy Searfoss and the Coldwell Banker Kane Realty team here in the upstate. 864-414-5271 is how to get in touch with Cindy for all your upstate residential real estate needs. And as advertised, Mr. John Whittle, the best in the business, is joining us now via audio feed on the McKellar Enterprises guest line. John, big weekend. Are we uh, are we buying tickets to Omaha yet, or should we kind of cool our jets? <laughs> well, JC has been nice enough to go ahead and book me a hotel in the Hilton right across the street from uh, from, from TD Ameritrade. So 
Um, that, that, that was really nice of them. I think it's about 550 a night, but you know, we're going to go ahead and make that plan. Big Spurs killing it. JC, did you know that you booked that hotel? (laughs) (laughs) I I didn't, I didn't have as many lattes this past weekend during the series as you may have thought. John, I tell you what, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll pick you up if, if, if you don't mind me just crashing in a corner of that room. Okay. I'll, I'll drive. (laughs) <laughs> I I drove out there as a as a college student back in 2004 with a buddy of mine and and uh we stayed in the KOA campground for 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 2 weeks and and that that was a, a good memorable experience. Uh, I drove out there in 2010 um with with our photographer at the time Juan Bloss and uh no disrespect to Juan it, it wasn't his fault but I I ain't driving again. <laughs> no, I've, it will, it will be it. air travel only. Yeah, unless you're in one of those, um, unless you're in one of those uh, RVs with one of those crazy LSU fans, I would imagine that trip is probably worth it. Oh, that'd be a blast! I'd do, yeah. I'd, I'd do that. Fly me to Baton Rouge, and I'll hop, hop, hop in their RV and, and ride on up there with them. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, because uh, uh, LSU. I mean, so like John, I. I th- I personally think this, and I, I said it earlier, um, I, I've been, you know, you're apprehensive about making big, bold statements. You want to make sure that you have something to back it up with. Uh, and But but I, I think as it stands today, and it could change by next week, and it certainly can change by next month, and it could certainly change by June. But I, I, I believe, based on all of the data points that I have seen this year, that South Carolina is the best team in the country. Um do you agree with that? But I also, I, I no disrespect to Wake Forest. I, I love Wake Forest team. I think they're fantastic. I think LSU is is number two. Um, early to have these conversations, but when you hear a statement like that after what you've seen through a couple of months of play, how do how would you react? Yeah, I mean, I I think that's fair. I, I think that's fair. I mean, for for me, I would have LSU number one if if I were putting a poll in South Carolina two and Wake Forest three. Um, but I, I I can certainly I can certainly see uh, see 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 the logic behind that. You know, South Carolina uh, has 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 been phenomenal, and if we're being honest, like they've they've kind of given some game giving games away that would have them is is clearly the number one team. I mean, it, you gave away a game at Vandy. I mean, let's just call it what it is. And, you know, LSU probably came and, and took that one from you on in game two, but man, you had to feel really good about the spot you were in early in that game for sure. And, and played, played well enough to win for, for six or seven innings and, and, you know, just kind of lost it at the end. But, you know, I, I, I certainly, I, I certainly could could make a, a valid argument, a very good argument that South Carolina is the best team in the country right now. All right, so let me let me ask it this way then, because we were just talking about this a minute ago. There's a dip. There's a difference, as as you well know, in being ranked number one and being the number one seed. If the tournament was selected today, would they be the number one seed? Um, probably not. I, I, I think, I think LSU would still probably be the number one seed if we're being honest with you, just because they, they've been there the whole year. And I, I think that the committee looks, looks at that, but you know, another thing that they also look at is, 
is how you finish the season. And, yep. and uh, you know, there, there's, there's obviously some time left in the regular season in the SEC tournament. But I, I, I think the committee would still, even though South Carolina's won in the RPI, I, I still think that they would probably give that to LSU. And I think South Carolina would probably be number two. Which would be fine with me. Go ahead, JC. Win. Yeah, that that number one. I just it, it's never it hadn't achieved anything for anybody since nineteen ninety nine. So it doesn't matter. As long as you're top years. eight, that's what matters. Yeah. Yeah. Twenty four years, number one overall hadn't won it. So Right. Right. Uh, and that was I the very first year. Yeah. Ninety yeah. Yep. So you know, we'll see. Uh which by the way, I'll never forgive that selection committee for leaving the Gamecocks out. They won the SEC East that year, for God's sake. Yeah, 15. and they had just expanded to sixty-four team. I mean, you can't find, couldn't find a place for the Gamecocks in that field of sixty-four in nineteen ninety-nine. Yeah, of course that was a catalyst yeah. for that next year. But uh, anyway. I was about to say that two thousand team left no doubt. <laughs> yeah, like, we're getting in. You know, <laughs> so um, so you know, Ethan Petrie, uh, John continues to impress. Uh, I mean, I think a lot of people are kind of going, well, when's this freshman going to kind of slow down a little bit? Uh, my question to you is, when are people going to start pitching around him more? Or are they, and he's just patient and, and, and is finding things to hit? Well, uh, Ethan has, has really come a long way since you, you've got his name right now. So that that's good. Kid. You, you know that's he's huge. really accomplished something. <laughs> yeah. Um, but... It took three months. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, t- to be honest with you, they probably should be pitching around him. Um, I mean, Cole Messina has done, done a, a, a pretty nice job overall, and, and Gavin Costas has done a pretty nice job overall. But, you know, Costas is out of the lineup right now, and, you know, Cole's SEC numbers aren't nearly as good as, as um, you know, what they, what they are overall. Uh, Cole is doing some damage. He's hitting some doubles and some home runs and, and driving in some guys. But, you know, that's uh, – you know, I, I guess that's a, a, a long-winded way of saying I, I I think that teams, if they're if they haven't pitched around them yet, and Florida really didn't. I mean, they've got some of the best pitchers in the country, and they're going to trust their guys. But I, if I'm Auburn, I'm I'm pitching around them. Auburn doesn't have a very good pitching staff. They're giving up almost eight runs a game, and in, in SEC play, you know, if 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 somebody's going to beat me, it's, it's not going to be Ethan Petrie. It's going to be uh, Messina or LaCroix or Casas, who's, um, if, if those guys are back, who, whoever's hitting behind him, that I mean, that that's, that, those are the guys who are going to beat me. You got an injury update on, on the guys, uh, LaCroix expected back. I know that, uh, you wrote a piece that says, you know, today on the big spur that mentioned that it's kind of an off week, you know, no midweek game. And then you, you go all the way to Friday before you got to play again. But uh, what's the latest on all the injured guys? Uh, I, I don't really, don't really have a great update right now. I'll let them get into, into the uh, training room on Monday and, and see kind of where things are and probably have a, a more detailed update later. You know, I, I, hamstrings are, are, are a little bit, a little, little bit tricky, just like backs are. Um, but with with Talmadge, I I wasn't given the impression that it was feared to be a, a real long term deal. You know, like when when Carson Hornig uh, messed up his hamstring back in October, they thought that it would affect his season. Uh, it's it's not like that with with Talmadge. Um, so I I don't know that he's going to be back this weekend, but I, I don't think it's a, a, a long term deal with him. And 
Gavin, I know they're, they're still hopeful that, that he'll be back for, for Auburn this week, but you know, I'll, I'll probably have a better idea uh, a little bit later today or maybe tomorrow. So they get the week off, John, uh, they got Sunday. They, it, it's really interesting how it worked out because they got Sunday off. They get the whole midweek off. And on top of that, I'm not sure if people really realize this or not. The Gamecocks only threw three relievers this weekend. Veach, Jones, Hicks. That's it. Uh, so you're going to have a, from a pitching standpoint, with the exception of Hall as it stands today, uh, it's they. This will be as fresh as they've been since the start of the season, uh, John. Up on on the bump with with Auburn coming to town, and and the other data point I would add to that is that Auburn is coming to town. That not only did they get all this time off, they don't have to get on a bus or a plane on Thursday and hit the road. They get to sleep in their own beds and stay right here again, all the way through next week until uh, until they're back on the road. So, I, I guess what I'm getting at here is they're able to freshen up a little bit. But they're also able to get try to get healthy and get right. And you can kind of sense a clash of all of that maybe coming together at the right time of the year because you always want to get hot at the right time. They've been hot all year, but you also want to be healthy at the right time, John. And so it just might be something that's kind of working out for them. Well, I think an underrated point in all of this is I, I get that same amount of time away as well. So, you know, I, I, get, to, I get to get fresh and, and, and rejuvenate too. No, but, but, but you're, you're right on, on, on all of that. Uh, some, some guys have some time to, to get a little bit healthy and, and, and a little bit of less workload on the pitchers. Now, I'm sure they're on, on Tuesday or Wednesday of this week, they're going to they're gonna play a, a pretty competitive inner squad with, with some guys who, who haven't pitched as much and, and, and to have some guys get some live at bats. And, you know, it won't be with the same, you know, in, intense and stress level or whatever you want to call it is a, is a actual midweek game, but they're, they're going to be sure that, that they get some, uh, some, some good live reps in. But I, I do think it's a good time to, uh, you know, have, have that little break, not only physically, but mentally too. Like and we've all talked about it. I mean, they've played three top five teams the last three weekends. You throw a top 15 North Carolina team in there in a the midweek. Uh, they've been on the road some, you know, it's, it's, it's probably good to have a little bit of a mental break as well uh, for, for those guys in, in addition to the, to the physical side of it. But, you know, they're, they're going to, they're still going to be competitive this week. They're still going to be out at Founders Park. They're not going to be doing the same thing that I'm, I'm doing during uh, during this this week long break away from games, so uh, I, I have a feeling that that this is going to be be good for them, have them fresh and, and ready to rock this weekend at, at Founders Park against Auburn. There, there's everybody's talked about the injuries; they've continued to overcome those. Um, I texted uh, Kip the other night, John, and and I said, "Man, these guys." I think it was Friday night. I was like, they just pick each other up well, which is something that isn't talked about a ton in base uh, publicly in baseball, but it's a sign of a really good team. Um, with that said, though, is is there anybody who's been continuously in the lineup in your mind that even, let's say all these guys they announced today, oh, they're all healthy, they're all back, that actually might not necessarily, it might not be as easy to take them out of the lineup as it was before? Yeah, I mean, I, I think Michael Braswell is is certainly somebody who's who's not nearly as easy to take out right now as as he was before, and 
you know, King kind of alluded to it on, on Saturday after the game. Uh, the, the reason why is it's not really his glove and it's not really his bat, although both of those things have been good, especially lately. But, you know, he's he's kind of bought in more here in recent weeks as to, to what this program is about this year. You know, Kingston said he's become more gritty. Uh, he's become tougher. And that's something that, that wasn't really there uh, early on, especially this year. And, you know, even at times last year, you forgive that a little bit as, as, as a freshman who's still trying to learn everything and adapt. But, you know, as a sophomore, you're expected to, to, to be that way. And, you know, it was easy, pretty easy to take him out of the lineup early on. Um, but maybe not so much now because he, he is showing a little bit more of those qualities. And, you know, that's what this team is, is about this year. So, uh, you know, I, he's, he's done a, a really, really nice job defensively. He's done a really nice job offensively. He's, he's playing the way that this team wants to play. And, and uh, you know, he's, he's, he's fit in much, much more nicely now than, than maybe, maybe more so early on. So, you know, Talmadge has done very little. Uh, to 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 be taken out of, of this lineup, but it's it's going to make it a, a a much tougher decision on on what exactly to do with uh, with with you know Braswell and and, and Lacroix and uh, I mean McGillis is going back into the lineup whenever he's back and healthy, but you know it may be a deal where where you DH Talmadge Lacroix against left-handed pitchers and and uh, and and, and take Carson Hornig out of the lineup if that's something that you want to do. But, you know, it's, it's getting to where, you know, South Carolina's got, got 10 really good players for, for nine spots. Well, that's a great point and a great problem to have, I might <laughs> add. And, 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 and I'll say this, too. I mean, Messina's a guy who, at the end of the year, he's going to be the dude at the end of the year, guys. We'll, we'll look back and go, man, he had a hell of a year. Why were we not talking about him more? Um, because – not only has he improved behind the plate, I think, John, I think you wrote about this. He, In my eyes, he's improved tremendously behind the plate, like tremendously, tremendously. He's been uh, – offensively, he's he's given you a ton. Uh, I mean, look at what – he's over, well over 300, 13, 14 home runs. But look what just happened this weekend. Casas goes down, kid moves to first. Nice stretch, by the way, uh, in that play that Braswell made at third, which was unbelievable. The defense this weekend was – was excellent um and um and and so you you talk about a guy like just how valuable he's been i know french has been getting banged on but i mean dude john he's come in and he's caught well he had a tough night the other night he bounced back with a big hit on saturday you know all these guys i guess what i'm getting at they have found their roles or they've been given their roles or they've settled into their roles however you want to word that but they've embraced them and i think that's what's gotten them to 34 wins Yeah, absolutely. And, and Cole, Cole's done a great job. You know, he's, he's played a, a lot of corner infield in his, in his day. You know, he's, he's been primarily a catcher for a long time, but he's played a lot of first. He's played a lot of third. So he's very comfortable over there doing that in games. And, you know, he doesn't have ideal size for, for a first baseman. I mean, I, I'm not sure what they list him at. Probably, probably six feet, but he ain't six foot. Um, so no. he's, he's, he's a little bit limited over there in, in terms of size. You'd rather have your, your six, three, six, four guy over there if you can, but you know, he's got good footwork around the bag. He's comfortable picking the ball out of the dirt. He does, he does a really nice job and, and, uh, you know, he's, 
but 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 you're right in general in terms of in terms of guys you know picking each other up and you know Braswell went in there at second base uh, for 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 several games and then you know immediately moved over to third and started playing playing a uh, good defense over there we'll 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 forget about that uh that ball in foul territory that he that he overran uh, he, he was coming a long way and just overran it not real comfortable in doing that it's not an error uh since it was a foul ball we'll we'll forget about that but he's done a nice he's done a nice job overall defensively uh really at both spots but particularly in my eyes at, at, at third base Hey, was that um? Did y'all see when uh, Wimmer kind of ran into the third base coach over there? Joseph? I know you saw it, John, but did, you, did, did he ever make contact? I couldn't tell on TV. Did he actually make contact? Um, he reached his arm out and tried to make contact. That's what I thought. Okay, he, he did. All right. That's what I thought. All right, I'm glad you said it because that, that's what it looked like. Um. I, my understanding, by the way, of that play is that the third base coach does have to make an attempt to get out of the way. Oh, and he made his very last minute, like, step forward as, you know, <laughs> Wimmer yeah. was about to make contact, right? It was like they were both doing what they needed to do at the very last second. The coach, it looked like, took that one step forward just as Wimmer, like, tried to reach out and bump him. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, it was a bang yeah. bang. I, I absolutely, I absolutely agree, Phil. Like, you know, if if if, if you're if you're South Carolina and roles were reversed, you would you would want your third base coach doing the exact same thing, making it as tough on on that fielder to 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 make a play as possible. So I I'm a hundred percent with you. Wimmer did did uh, his job in trying to sell it. Their third base coach did his job in trying to make it as difficult as possible. <laughs> But neither one of them really did anything wrong at the hey, end of the day. God help the next third base coach. Wimmer's got to chase one down for. He's just going to run right through him, Always and then he'll be. get his interference call. <laughs> <laughs> Someone's going to get tanked over there in the third base box. It's going to look like a linebacker hitting the running back. back. <laughs> I, well, I, I, take, I, I saw this. Um, I saw this. I didn't. I didn't see it with my eyes, John. But I, but I saw it on Twitter. I, so I texted Wingo on Saturday. I said, "What?" happened with this handshake thing and he said no they didn't come out and shake our hands pretty bush league coaches did but the players didn't well do you have any insight on that like that's i mean come on like sully's better than that he knows that yeah and 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 i don't you know i didn't go down and, and talk with o'sullivan after the after the game you know it's uh i i, I would rather go talk to kingston in, in this instance and the the timing of it doesn't work to go talk to both and uh, but but yeah, I, I was I was surprised that that didn't happen. Um, you know, I don't think that I, I would doubt that O'Sullivan had a hand in that. Um, I, I would think that was a a player done deal, and you know, O'Sullivan may not have even been aware. I, I'm not sure. You know, I, yeah. Kevin O'Sullivan has always been really good to the South Carolina program in terms of in yeah. terms of giving it its proper due. Um, may, some some others not so much but i think o'sullivan's typically been been pretty good towards the gamecocks so i don't i don't think that he had anything to do with it but um yeah it, it was uh it, it was it was kind of bushly it's yes first time in a while i haven't seen uh you know a, a, a team uh with regards to south carolina at least come out and shake hands yeah i agree yeah and you're right might see might not, i i mean it's not like that was something i cannot imagine he, he was like, "Don't shake their hands." I mean, that's just not something that's going to happen. I did ask Scotty. I said, "What did uh, Wood King say about it?" 
He said, nothing. <laughs> he just looked at his guys and said, you had a hell of a weekend. Be, be safe. So <laughs> apparently, uh, Mark, uh, you know, whatever, whatever. All right, man. Good stuff. Enjoy your uh, week off. You gonna you, what? You gonna do? You gonna go out to dinner? You gonna go on a trip? Or you? What are you doing? You gonna use JC's credit card somewhere else besides Omaha? What are you doing? Well, I, I spent yesterday um, scrubbing the tiles of my bathroom floor. Oh, okay. um, nice. so hopefully, hopefully, I can come up with something a little bit better to do over over the course <laughs> of the rest of the week. Um, so, uh, yeah, yesterday was more of a work day, and and uh, you know, I think the rest of the week will. Maybe we'll go ahead and finish planning out the uh, the rest of the Omaha trip in terms of, um, you know, different places to get. No, I'm just kidding. But we'll, we'll, we'll figure it out. We'll, we'll, we'll get something done this week for sure. Great stuff, John. Thank you, bud. Have a, have a wonderful week. Appreciate you guys. Yeah, there's uh, – oh, hello, John Mullinax. John, hey, right. hey, there we are. <laughs> no, no, but I, t- I texted John uh, out of nowhere this week and said, "Yeah, I just want to let you know that you do an outstanding job." I just felt like every once in a while, it's nice. It's neat to get something you don't expect, and hopefully, he knows that because he, yeah. God, he's good. But by, by the way, it has nothing to do with sports or our topics or anything. But Tucker Carlson has left Fox News. Really effective, effective immediately. Wow. They've parted ways with one another. That news came across while, while Little was talking. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting from the world of media, without question. Yeah. I, I, I didn't really expect that, you know. Mm, so we'll see. We'll, uh, I'm sure there'll be a million rumors as to why he left. Oh, yeah. But, uh, oh, we'll yeah. see, sort of. And one side will spit it one way and one, one or the other. But uh, we'll see, sort of, what happens uh, moving forward. But that, yeah. I thought all that was. In media, that's bombshell. That's a bombshell. Like, uh, yeah, I just saw that. That is something. Wow. <laughs> BRC says, my dad's going to be devastated. Yeah, a lot of people I know yeah. are going to be devastated about that news, dude. I mean, that's yeah. a, that's a, that's, that's must-see TV for a lot of people. So, yeah. Uh, you know, and, and uh, I'll just keep whether or not I watch Tucker to myself. But some of yeah. you that know me well know no. That I may or may not. So. <laughs> I love what anyway. Stephen A. is going to take his spot. That would be fun. Yeah. <laughs> I'd, love, I'd love to see that happen, man. I'd love to see that happen. They actually, I think they've, uh, realm. <laughs> I think they've turned in a pretty good little uh, friendship, Stephen A. and Tucker, from what I understand. Yeah. Stephen A.'s grown on me a little bit lately. I mean, you know, he's uh, – You know, I met him. He, he and Bill his... Maher both. He and Bill Maher both have grown on me lately. So, Well, I think they both realize that yeah. the, polar, <laughs> the polar opposite ends of this country are, are all nuts. We're all yeah, – most they, all of us are somewhere right in the middle. Some of so, us are huddling in the middle. So, you know, yeah. anyway. All, all right, right. we got to get a break. Yeah, we'll do that. Painted garnet and black by a couple of painters. Let me paint something.com. We'll be right back. I don't know who you are. I don't know what you want. If you're looking for a karaoke partner, I can tell you, I can't carry a tune in a bucket. But what I do have is a very specific set of skills. Hang up now and your IT nightmares will continue. But stay on the line and I will find you. And when I find you, I will fix it. Um, thanks. Uh, I think I have the wrong number. I'm trying to call Matt at Heritage Digital. 
He has a one price, low cost turnkey solution for all my IT needs, and I'm sick and tired of my IT guy. So yeah, eight four three six nine nine one zero zero one. This is one zero zero two. Oh, well, thanks anyway. Don't be taken by some IT dude that talks a big game. Give Matt at Heritage Digital a call, 843-699-1001. Gamecock Nation, JB here, and I'm here to tell you about my new favorite painting company, A Couple of Painters. These guys are the best. Gamecock fans and excellent painters and by far the best and easiest quote I've received. They're licensed in both South Carolina and Georgia. They offer 10% off for military, repeat customers, or if you heard it on the show, commercial and residential painting, deck, fence, and cabin staining, cabinet and furniture refinishing. They'll even remove popcorn ceilings and wallpaper, and they offer pressure washing. Find them on Facebook or call 803-522-6832. A couple of painters, proud partners of Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Golfers and wannabe golfers, former Gamecock golfer Meredith Taylor is now a full-time golf instructor in the Midlands of South Carolina. In-person golf lessons are held at the Country Club of Lexington. Half hour, hour, on course nine or 18 holes. And if you're outside of South Carolina, Meredith conducts virtual lessons. Just send in your golf swing for analysis. Gift cards are available for in-person one-hour lessons. Connect on Twitter at Mayor Taylor and find her online at McKellarEnterprises.org. Her email is on the website. Schedule your next lesson today with Meredith Taylor, former Gamecock golfer. Yeah, don't you know, no, no, from the littlest chick to the big old cock, it's the kid, big old west chick. Danny Hill, Spurs, 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 Welcome back, everybody, to Inside the Gamecocks, the show presented to you by Express Sunrooms of Columbia. John B. at ExpressSunrooms.com is how to get in touch with them and talk about how they can bring some more sunshine into your life. And, of course, the first hour of the show is, as always, brought to you by Cindy Searfoss and the Coldwell Banker Kane Realty Team here in the upstate. Give Cindy a call, 864-414-5271. She'll be happy to help you with all your upstate residential real estate needs. Guess I should turn my mic on, huh? Uh, yeah, good stuff from from uh, from John and JC. I want to make sure that um, we had earlier in the program here. We we got so much baseball. We're going to talk today. I don't want to disregard all the football questions, but there was a lot of stuff that was asked earlier, and I was hoping um, yeah. some of it some of that stuff. the portal and. Honestly, I'm just as surprised as everybody that uh, there haven't hasn't been more outbound portal departures. Uh, Heinrich, Colin Heinrich left, which is somewhat surprising to me. I guess you know, he was a guy that had some scholarship offers, but elected to walk on. He's a legacy. Um, probably just looking to go someplace. He, he probably thinks he can play. Uh, other than that, I mean, I. You know, it's it, both outbound and incoming. I'm, I'm surprised there hadn't been a little more movement. I, I can guarantee you there's talk behind the scenes uh, with portal guys as far as incoming goes, but they, uh, I'm surprised more, more guys have not left uh, right now. Um, I can't speculate as to who. Uh, every year there's a guy that leaves. Like, 
you know, when Colby Fields, Fields left for LSU last year, I was like, well, because basically Brian Kelly went to went to LSU and they had like half of a roster. And he basically hung out a shingle and said, if you're from Louisiana and want to transfer back, go Tigers, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and um, and he did. Now he's at Louisiana Tech. He left LSU and went to Louisiana Tech. So uh, I don't know how big of a loss that was. Uh, he was a pretty good little linebacker. But, uh, you know, Quantrell mentions the quarterbacks. Um I'm surprised as the next guy, one or two of those guys hadn't jumped in, you know, because there's some writing on the wall with that position. You know, I think if I'm Tanner Bailey, I'm hanging in. Uh, I think if I'm Lenoris, I'm definitely staying. <laughs> uh, Spencer, uh, you know, Braden Davis and Colton Gauthier, uh, I, I don't, you know, I don't know. You know, Luke Doty, uh, I don't think he's going anywhere, uh, as JB has outlined. So, Two of the six, I mean, I, I would think if they want to play, fine. But, you know, some guys, I mean, like Steve Spurrier said, he was a backup quarterback in the NFL for 10 years and then almost got killed because he was the starter for the Tampa Bay Bucks when they went 0-14, lost every game. Um, and, he, and he said, well, shoot, being a backup quarterback in the NFL is the best job ever. You just sit there and hold the clipboard and you never get hit. And, you know, you just kind of go in there when you can. And – uh so maybe some some of these guys being a backup quarterback's fine, but uh, it it did surprise me uh, for a minute. Xavier needs the rain check package uh, link for the event, Phil. We'll uh, put it in the chat box, Xavier. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Sorry about that. And I saw that you emailed as well, Xavier. We neglected to get back in touch with you. That's our fault. <laughs> yeah, my bad. <laughs> By the way, Craiger was rain check, and now Craiger is going to be there. And All right. Yeah, woohoo! Don't forget, there's still a uh, free pass up for grabs through one Sawyer Nicks. Send us yeah, an we'll email at insidethegmail.com. Tell us what you'd like to hear on the Mental Edge, and that will enter you into a contest to where you can get a free uh, admission to was it Columbia on Thursday to Columbia? Yeah, to the Columbia. and if you if, if you win it and can't make it, I can trans- transform that into a rain check for you too. Uh, in the rain check package, you get signed mini football. By the way, I got these mini footballs in the mail. They are very small. So there's only real. So one signature on those, obviously. Uh, you get a photo uh, signed by everybody from the event. Uh, you get some coupons and you get the gift bag that we're giving away. Uh, some of them have a door prize. Some of them won't because we've sold more than 20. And then uh, free pass to the VIP tailgate, which is TBA. Uh, coming up, and that's that's going to be a lower cost event. I think ten dollars per ticket, but you still get a free pass uh, to come see it. Come see us some other time. Tim from Down Under says, "Good eye, clowns. Today is Anzac Day, A N Z A C Day, Down Under, where we honor those who sacrificed themselves for our freedom in WW One, especially the Battle of Gallipoli." And the chat box just screwed me up. Thanks to all that have served to protect us. Amen. I love the Australian armed forces. You know, Australia sent a lot of people to Vietnam, too. You don't think about that. that. Australia and Canada, both in both world wars, Vietnam, Korea, they had a contingency. Contingency. You don't think of the Canucks and the Aussies, but they're right there. No, I didn't. Um, New Zealand, probably, too, but 
now it's run by uh, used to be run by a commie uh, uh, the lady that ran it during covid certainly is a communist dictator so uh maybe jocelyn something i don't know she was awful covid she like yeah she uh, she was a covid anyway that's too far into the political realm right uh but certainly uh any any anything that uh honors people that have served to protect all of us uh, and in, in our in the free countries that are left in the world, um, you know, I, I certainly have a lot of respect for it. Tim. It's always good to hear from you from down under because I know there's a there's a dramatic. Ter- I think it's it's already what Wednesday night over there or something. <laughs> so uh, you know, it's <laughs> always good to hear from you. There. <laughs> yeah. So uh, Edward says he served with the Aussies and Canucks in Afghanistan. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Um, That's awesome. yeah, they always got our back. 76 served our country in Iraq, and that's why he says he's he'd love to meet and hang out with you lovely people, but I hate crowds. I have to thank Iraq for that, but I love y'all. Gamecock love only. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And well, it's fine. Joe. That, I mean, man. you know, we, we appreciate we get the kind words and the thoughts. It's, it's all mm-hmm. good. I don't really like crowds myself, but uh, certainly looking forward to hanging out with Gamecock since I, you know, most of my. I like 80,000. Yeah, about no, eighty thousand or so. These days is limited to bears and white sox fans. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. You see, it's it's high, it's high times for the game guys right now. Can't really enjoy it with anybody because the bears and the bears are you know, I don't know. They're yeah, the bears, bears, and then the white sox are terrible. Cubs, though, I don't know, Phil. Cubs are looking pretty solid. Ah, yeah, you know what? Better than a 500 team? I'll take it. I mean, you know, there's a lot of baseball to play, though. Uh, yeah. Yes. I've seen yeah. this before. Say that. Say that again. I've seen this before. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, next all thing right. you know, fire sale for all the good players, you know, before the trade deadline. Yeah. That would be, that would be typical North Chicago. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Craig, I um I won't be in Columbia on Thursday. Uh, I will be here on Thursday, but I'll be in Charleston on Saturday. So we got to figure out what, by the way, where you're doing our part of the show from, JC, while you're traveling all over the place. I guess we need to figure that out. Mm. We'll I'll, be, about I'll be home studio through Wednesday, but I don't, I don't know about Thursday or Friday. So. <laughs> well, we do know what's coming up next. That is Keith. All set. We are powered by Electric Bikes of Charleston. ElectricBikesCharleston.com. Speaking of the event this weekend, Michelle will be there in Electric Bikes of Charleston. Can't wait for that. If you've never seen one of these things, you're going to see one. You're going to be like, yeah. All right. I'll buy one. And you'll love it. 28 miles per hour. Up to 60 miles. That almost gets you from Charleston to Columbia. Not quite, though. You might have to pedal 40 miles on your own. The other 60, it'll get you there. Electric Bikes of Charleston, electricbikescharleston.com. 12.01, hour one in the books. All set, coming up. What's up, Gamecock fans? This is Pitcher Noah Hall. If you want some delicious food for your event, I suggest visiting nanasports.com today to find out what they all have to offer. It's really good southern cuisine based out of Charlotte, my hometown. I hope you guys go check it out. Go Cox and go Nanas. 
Are you looking to buy a new home? Kevin O'Connell with Union Home Mortgage is a local mortgage expert and Gamecocks fan servicing North and South Carolina. Whether you're buying a home, building your dream home with new construction, or turning your equity into cash, UHM's world-class service will ensure you find the perfect mortgage to achieve your home ownership goals. Call Kevin at 803-906-0244 or visit UHM.com today. Union Home Mortgage is an equal housing lender. NMLS 2229 LONMLS 1772182. Electric Bikes of Charleston offers the most fun you'll ever have on two wheels. The home of Oventon, Velotric, Magnum Bikes, and more, they sell to consumers all across the state and offer outstanding warranties and service after the sale. Their electric bikes are equipped with five levels of pedal assist plus a throttle so you can ride longer, handle the heat better, but still get great exercise. Bikes are available for all ages and sizes. Visit electricbikescharleston.com or stop into their store in Mount Pleasant if you're in the low country. Electric Bikes of Charleston, powering inside the Gamecocks, the show. Welcome to TravelingCountryClub.com, your modern golf club experience. Hey folks, this is Michael Manis, former Gamecock golfer, inviting you to play more golf with a membership to TravelingCountryClub.com. With over 40 courses across the Carolinas, our membership provides you with an affordable way to enjoy a club-like golf experience. From the mountains to the coast, we offer golf courses that will challenge all types of golfers, no matter your handicap level or level of play. Plus, we offer unique membership benefits not seen anywhere else as part of Traveling Country Club. In July, we're excited to bring you the third annual Plunder on Polly's two-day golf tournament with rounds played at Caledonia and True Blue Golf Courses in the heart of Polly's Island. Head to TravelingCountryClub.com to register for that event. And it is not exclusive to TCC members, but to become one, you can sign up and bring to life your golf game. Tee it up with Traveling Country Club, TravelingCountryClub.com, TravelingCountryClub.com, proud partners of Inside the Gamecocks, the show. This is Zachary Davis from Carolina Hoops, and you're watching the show with JB, JC, and Phil. Go Cox. Welcome back, everybody. Hour two of Inside the Gamecocks, the show on a Monday. Brought to you, of course, by Express Sunrooms of Columbia. 803-446-4662 is how to get in touch with John and his team down there to talk about how they can bring some more sunshine into your life or perhaps enclose a porch or a patio so you can enjoy the summer bug-free. And we're joined now on the McKellar Enterprises guest line by none other than Keith Alsup of Gamecock Pod Daily and, of course, Gamecock Pod Live, streaming live on YouTube right after our show on Wednesdays. Good afternoon, Keith. I know we got a lot of baseball and football to talk, but we saw a little birdie flew in the nest this weekend. Yeah, I don't think we'll have to wait too long on that one, but, um, you know, we certainly want to, uh, just like in football, allow that young lady to have her moment. So that's all I'll say about that. But if you follow it and you've followed the tea leaves and you saw another announcement right after Dawn Staley made that announcement, you can kind of two plus two does equal four. And so we'll just kind of uh, wait and see, but what a weekend for the Yardcocks. And it uh, looks like Lamont Paris could be 
on the verge of adding a, a big piece. And then this week is NFL Draft Week, and I'm in full agreement with Owen Hale McGranahan on Will Levis. I mean, can we just stop the Josh Allen comparisons other than they're both large human beings who play quarterback? I mean, it's ridiculous. Everybody wants to draft quarterbacks high. Most of those guys this year, I think, are boom or bust. Bryce Young will never play past the midway point of an NFL season at over 195 pounds. He's 5'10 and a half. He probably needs to play in a domed stadium. Has any Ohio State quarterback ever really panned out of C.J. Stroud? To me, if I was drafting one, I'd pick him. Anthony Richardson, everybody – you forget about the film and you just remember what the guy does in shorts and how fast he is in his, you know, choreographed workout. To me, Will Anderson and Jalen Carter are the best two players in this draft. But I get it. you got to have a franchise quarterback. And honestly, B. John Robinson from Texas is probably the third best player in the draft. And he's a running back. But what do I know? I'm not on ESPN. I'm not a former quarterback like Dan Orlowski who gets on there with his extra small suits and his tennis shoes and talks about how great Will Levis is, even though Kentucky was last in the league in third down. And I watched him play against Luke Doty, who did have a broken foot, and Luke Doty completely outplayed him. That was a game where Kentucky gave South Carolina every chance in the world to win, and South Carolina just wouldn't take it. That's very Yeah, it was a frustrating loss. I was there as well. Yeah. Frustrating loss made up for it this year in in Lexington, but uh, that was that was a tough one. That was a very tough one. But when you get out rushed two hundred and twenty four to forty two, that'll do it. No matter that'll how many do turnovers they give you, you know, and uh, terrible game planning and play calling, except for one drive. Yep. Well, I don't know. I mean, he had some guys open late, but still, I, I just that was a, that was a tough one. Some but very hey, questionable fourth down decisions as yeah. well. Pro- probably you know, should have kicked some. Field goals there. I think in 2021, if they could have Missouri and Kentucky back, they'd definitely take those two games back. But uh, it is what it is, and you move forward, right? No doubt um, about it. So, as far as BJ Matt goes, because we've had some questions, and uh, Dave wanted us to talk about it a little bit. You know, uh, I'm hearing good things. I'm sure you're hearing good things. You know, what does he bring to the table uh, as a player? I, I think he'd probably be like the best player in this portal class unless they surprisingly sign, you know, someone else. But, uh, you know, I, I think he's a guy that skill set wise, they don't have. Um, and, uh, I thought he's pretty doggone steady and consistent and good at Wofford. So what say you Keith about uh, BJ Mack? So I think in basketball, when you're piecing together a roster, it's kind of like a puzzle and you need the pieces to all fit 
together. Okay. And so you, you went out and got, uh, Talon Cooper, six, four point guard to pair with Michi Johnson, who's a smaller shooting guard, basically at six foot. Uh, you went out and added Miles Stute, who's a six, seven wing forward, who's a great three point shooter. But what you did not have is a legitimate low post threat. I did think Josh Gray got better, but he's never going to be a big scorer, I don't think. But B.J. Mack is a guy that is a versatile big who's big enough that can anchor in the low post at 6'8", 245. But he's also a guy that can you can use in the pick and pop in the mid range game. He also shot 34% from three last year. And he's, he shot like 150 some threes. And so he can stretch the floor. I do think if you're South Carolina, you'd like to add, you know, they wanted to add Mustafa Amsel, who chose New Mexico. If there's a, a similar guy out there like that, maybe you want to add, or maybe you just want to add another three-point shooter because the game is so analytically driven, and there's no substitution for great guard play and great three-point shooting. But I really like this transfer class, I think, Stephen Clark from the Citadel's a versatile guy that can play either forward position for you off the bench. Um, and so I think Lamont Paris is putting together the puzzle. Like, remember last year when the football team, Justin King, sent out, like, the pieces of the puzzle, you know, on, on social media, and there were – one or two pieces that were missing, and it was a player outside the puzzle on that piece. And so I, I think Paris is piecing together uh, a starting five and building depth um, that can can make South Carolina a better all-around team, a, more, a much improved team roster-wise, as well as a couple of other guys that are returning and then Colin Murray Boyles, who his stock has done nothing but explode. You better be glad. And it's a credit to the staff for identifying him early, offering him early, getting him committed and signed before he went to Utah to the prep school because he's the number 60 player in the country by ESPN right now. Mm-hmm. Nobody's talking about that. He's a, he's another combo forward guy that's 6'7", 225, that you have to think with that ranking is definitely going to uh, be able to come in and help you. Keith, overall, if this uh, transfer class ends up the way that maybe it seems like it's leaning right now, uh, how would you – I mean, I know some of what you're going to say, but I, but I, but I – like you to describe it a little bit more in detail how would you compare it to the class that they brought in last year like 
you remember this time last year when they they were kind of adding some guys, and I personally didn't know what to expect from these dudes. But just how would you compare the two and knowing what they need to do at South Carolina to really, I mean, let's be honest, just be competitive again in the Southeastern Conference? Well, I think this would be a much better class, but probably the top guy from the portal other than Michi Johnson, unfortunately, uh, tore his Achilles and missed the entire season. That's 6'6 guard Brema Dibba from Coastal. Mm-hmm. Hopefully he will be 100%. So that's like adding another guy, right? A guy that's a 6'6 point guard. He's probably not going to be a big scorer, but he could be a wing and a wing defender. Uh, he's still got a long road ahead of him, you know, to get back for next season. I mean, they definitely hit on Michi Johnson. I thought uh, the the BBV was uh, a bust. And quite frankly, if you add B.J. Mack and, you know, Stephen Clark plays some at the four, Colin Murray boils, and then if you add another big to go with Josh Gray – I don't really know how many minutes will be there for uh, Bozeman Verdant, which I think would probably be a positive unless he just gets a lot quicker. I mean, the guy looked like he was running in cement that he had stood still in for like five minutes before he started running. So, yeah. Yeah. It was much better. I mean, you, you got Lon Cooper who was sixth in the NCAA in assists, and he played on a bad team at Minnesota, and he still averaged 6.3 assists per game. He also shot around 40% from three. Clark, 6'8", not 6'4", okay. A 6'8 forward who can shoot it, who can score, probably will not be the best athlete on the team but still a guy that I think is a solid piece. And then Miles Stoop from Vanderbilt, I mean, yep. in 22, this guy led the SEC in three-point shooting. Right. And so I think there's a lot to like, particularly if you add B.J. Mack, like I said, a guy who can anchor because of his girth, his uh, agility, his size, and his skill set can anchor in the low post, can step out and be a pick-and-pop guy, and can also be a trail on your secondary break and and be a threat from three. So I I think this is a legit transfer portal class if if you add uh, B.J. Mack to it, no doubt. I want to switch gears with you, Keith. Um, This is going to come out of left field, but – Bear, bear with me. It, the There's some stuff going on off the field in college football right now, and there's two things, and, I, and I, we certainly are going to talk baseball with you here in just a little bit as well, but want to be try to be versatile. Um, late last week, we got the announcement that they will not be stopping the clock anymore on first downs except for under two minutes at the end of both halves. So I want to get uh, your thoughts on that, how it will improve the game or how it may not improve the game in your mind. And then also today – 
Uh, there's a report out from uh, Pat Forty with Sports Illustrated, whom I rarely read as much anymore, but this is a report on uh, something coming out of the SEC, that the league itself is mulling, quote, drastic punishments for storming the field. Now, uh, I wasn't able to get through the entire article word for word, but a couple of things stood out. One, certainly a stiffer monetary punishment instead of going up to two hundred and fifty grand, going well over that. The other one, though, that seems to have some traction with school presidents is pulling a home game from the school whose fan base storms the field. So let's start there. I, I could only imagine what somebody like Nick Saban would do if Alabama stormed the field and they lost a home game because of something they absolutely had no control over when the lower bowl of 40,000 people rushed the field in Tuscaloosa and 200 security guards couldn't keep those 40,000 people off of it. Well, I mean, Alabama fans are more like opera uh, fans at this point anyway, so I doubt they're going to storm the field because they expect to win every game. They just sit up there and, you know, when they score a touchdown, except I do think, you know, when they get Tennessee at home this year, uh, it'll probably be different. I think it hurts, you know, the teams that pull the massive upsets, right? Like South Carolina storming the field after they boat race Tennessee. What if the Florida game would have been next and been a home game and, you know, you got a forfeit or you got to say, well, no, you're not playing the Gators at home. You're going back on the road again. You know, I think it does not necessarily affect the elite of the elite, but let's face it, uh, down in Baton Rouge, when those people get liquored up and the games are at night, it's batshit crazy down there. I mean, it's the most raucous environment I've ever been in and the most physically threatened I've ever been in an SEC venue. But I, I think it affects, you know, not the Blue Bloods, quite frankly, if they decide to do that. I think that hurts the Kentuckys, the South Carolinas, the Arkansas, the Ole Miss, Mississippi States, et cetera, uh, more of your Tier 2 programs right now. I mean, what if – I mean, Tennessee beat Alabama in the wildest game of the year – and then, you know, what if they had Georgia coming to Knoxville and they said, nope, you just beat Alabama, you're number five in the country, but now since you charge the field, you get to go to Athens. Right. <laughs> and they, they, they didn't I like no dice, man. I mean, yeah. to me, that is absurd. I mean, that is, again – a punishment aimed at the have-nots, in my opinion, because that's when you see it. Now, now, having said all that, look, there is a huge liability potentially, you know, when fans storm the field. I mean, 
I don't think it was in the SEC. Maybe it was. It was somewhere where fans stormed the field and then, you know, they got into it with an assistant coach and a fight ensued. Maybe the guy was defending himself. Maybe he was so full of adrenaline, he, you know, turned the lights out on some poor guy and broke his nose and knocked five teeth out. How much is he, you know, how, how much liability does the university have for that? I mean, that, you know, in, in the age of litigation, I mean, that is a legitimate concern, but by and large, most of the injuries that you get are people jumping over the rail or somebody falling and getting stepped on. Yeah. I mean, it's generally a happy occasion, but there have been instances of violence during storming the field. So, well, I, I just I don't like it, but I, 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 I can kind of understand. Uh, uh, some more punishment that could curtail it, but not taking away a home game. I mean, that you're robbing a school of millions of dollars. Oh. And you're robbing fans who spend their hard-earned money, okay? Let's face it, football is a religion in the South, and people that have modest incomes are paying big bucks because they love it, they're paying the PSLs. They're paying for the premium parking. They're loading up the family. They're buying food for the tailgate. And it's a huge part of their lives. And, and you're going to take that away because some students stormed the field? Yeah, I, I have a... I got a ton of respect for Greg Sankey. I, I would just imagine this is something that's not going to get approved i i don't i don't see how that can happen and i don't know what the solution is Here, my only solution would be this if they storm the field then don't let them leave it and then just lock them all up if that's what you want to do you know i mean once they get They're down all there, arrested if they can't get off of it you just start picking them up one by one and putting them in the tank and that's where they'll stay um Patty wagon you know, I, I I don't know what the answer is, but I, I just I just cannot fathom how that is the answer. Um, I, but I also, I mean, where are you gonna get all these people from to to prevent people from getting on the field? Why not just um, why not just let them on? Well, so somebody just mentioned Clemson. At Clemson, you go on the field after the game. You're a lot. It's not a rule in the ACC. So are you going to be that militant about it in one conference and then the other conference just because uh, exactly. uh, somebody 76 mentioned Clemson's mad because you, you took over the field. Well, not, but when game guys go up there in 2024, you'll be able to walk on the field. Um, you know, uh, so I think, uh, yeah, Howard says the Tennessee coach last year wasn't happy after the game stormed the field. Well, you know what? How you think Nick Saban was happy after the Vols stormed the he field? He probably couldn't Knoxville? get to his bucket of chicken quick enough. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. But, but you know, I, here's what I think. Pat Forty also, if you go back and look at his tweets the day of the Tennessee game uh, in Alabama, he was just ripping Tennessee. And, and, and he, in his column, if you keep reading through it, he talks about how he's seen this and he's seen that. And, no, it's all about you him know. Always. So, so he's advocating for them there to be stiffer punishment. 
Um, so I, I, yeah. I, this is probably, in it's my opinion, it. something that's been discussed. But then now he's going to get and try to push his agenda with it. And, and look, maybe his agenda is right. I, I think it's it's it'd be sad and stupid if somebody, God forbid, got killed or paralyzed storming the field. Now, in 2000, I stormed the field two two weeks in a row. And uh, my ex-brother-in-law still has a piece of the goalpost. I had one at the time, too. But uh, uh, So it's fun, but still, it's like, you know, I, I just can't see. That's, that's extreme, taking away a home game. Uh, and you're right, Keith, because it doesn't necessarily just punish the students because they're going to get go get drunk somewhere else, you know, over the weekend. It punishes the families and, and the, the people that – the fans – uh, the folks that, you know, wait the whole year to go see football uh, and then uh, it gets taken away from them. I mean, you know, we've, we've seen around the SEC, including in Carolina, just how bad it is when they move a game from one day to the other because of weather or move it to another venue because of weather. I mean, that sucks for a lot of people. So I can yeah. imagine, you know, you take away a home game. I mean, and you're right. It's not going to happen to the Alabamas of the world or anybody like that. It's going to happen to like Mississippi State or South Carolina or you know somebody like that. So Auburn, yeah. you know, and then it's going to be ridiculous. So well, I mean, according yeah. to to give him credit, which I don't like giving Pat Forty credit because I, I just I'll just be honest with you, I can't stand what he's morphed into. But um, to give him credit, I mean, he did say that the presidents of the league are discussing this and that includes like Mitch Barnhart and those guys so I just hope that we I I don't know what the answer is I don't so I don't want to be the guy that you know I don't want to be that guy but that 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 Anthony is not the answer can't be the answer so I don't know we'll we'll have to see what happens all right so what about the clock stoppage rule Keith uh your thoughts on that so I don't mind it quite frankly, because really the only time it comes into play is in the final two minutes of the half, right? Because you're in hurry-up offense, okay? Honestly, they say they anticipate it reducing the games by seven minutes, but I think fans that are at the games uh, and fans that are watching on TV would probably prefer seven minutes less commercials, but – we're never going to get that because that adds to that huge uh, SEC uh, revenue sharing. But I don't really mind it. it. It probably will be less plays, which is less chance for injury with less plays. But it will improve the, the, it, the speed of the game which I think is important because games have been going for too long because of all the stoppages. Okay, they stopped it. You know, they changed the rule for when you run out of bounds. As soon as the ball is spotted, the clock starts now. It used to be it didn't start until you snapped it. Mm-hmm. Now it does stop in the final two minutes when you go out of bounds. And so maybe you would add a two-minute warning like they do in the NFL, because in the NFL, the clock runs on first down. And so essentially you're making it more like the NFL. And so if you want to really do it, just add a two minute warning or allow a team if they only use, if they don't use any timeouts or they have one timeout left, maybe they can uh, have one additional timeout in the second half, if you know, to carry it over if they didn't burn all three of their timeouts in the first half, 
maybe you allow them to carry one over. I mean, that's not part of the discussion, but maybe maybe the next step is a two-minute warning like they do in the NFL. But I don't really have a problem with it. I mean, last week when it was announced, all these guys were talking about, you know, how the rules committee's blowing up the game and it's making it terrible. Well, I mean, nobody ever talks about, oh, my God, thank God they stopped the clock with 13.51 to go in the second quarter and we got it now first and 10 in our own 36. Yeah. It, it, it only really impacts the game in the final two minutes of each half when then you are in hurry-up mode. Right. So I don't mind it. I don't think it really negatively impacts the game at all. We'll see. You know, last time they tried to do this was 03, and the games were significantly shorter. I remember Mark Rick saying, don't know why we're taking away what everybody loves, which is more football. But uh, it, it, I, I'm kind of on the fence. In concept, I, I, could, I agree with Keith. Uh, now, if they didn't stop it, but inside of like so, let's say they, they inside a minute, I, I wouldn't agree with that. But inside two minutes, like you're right, that's uh, that's when it should stop, or that's when people care. So uh, we'll see sort of what happens. But uh, yeah, I mean, I kind of compare it to baseball. Like everybody was all upset over these rule changes in Major League Baseball with the pitch count and taking away the shift, which I've never was in favor of the shift because I'm a baseball purist. You know, they talk about, well, now you can only throw over twice. Well, well, the pitcher runs it. Can only, you know, you know, you got a 15 seconds when the guy's on base. Well, all it's done is speed up the game, which has really made it more fun. And Max Freed, he ran the, pitch clock down to two seconds and the guy didn't think he was going to throw over and he picked him off. Mm-hmm. You know, they got him in a rundown. So I think everybody that I've talked to that are baseball people love everything that major league baseball's done. I mean, you can't really tell the bases are big. It's not like clown shoe bases or anything. I just think it's made it better and it's cut 30 minutes off the time, which I think we'll bring more people to the games because it's speeded up. It's not three hours and 15 minutes now. It's more like two hours and 40 minutes or two hours and a half. And I think that's good for viewership and attendance. I mean, think about if you got like three and four-year-olds or five-year-olds and you're at a game and you know you're going to have to essentially babysit them for three and a half hours versus two and a half hours in some cases. So I really like it. I don't think college football will suffer because of that. Now, if they could just coincide that with taking hot dogs down from about 20 bucks a piece and, you know, a bag of peanuts for $30 (laughs) and stuff like that, then we'd be on to something. Maybe, and and you never know with these things, but maybe Major League Baseball in in this first year of these new rules and and watching that, Keith, like if you're getting – say on average two and a half, two hour and 40 minute game times, maybe major league baseball eventually will be being able, will eventually be able to implement that into new TV deals um, because it would be really good to grow the game 
by virtue of network television and airing two or three of these things like they do in football. You know, you play a one o'clock game, you play a four o'clock game, you play a seven o'clock game, and you grow the game of baseball uh, because it's worthy of that. So, anyways, it is. It's a beautiful game. Oh, just yeah. All right, before we let you run, we have the minor league because you can afford a minor league game. You can take the whole family to the minor leagues, you know. And what's the difference (laughs) between that and and major league baseball outside of September? I mean, really? Yeah, well, I don't, I don't get to see (laughs) Max Fried and Ron Lacuna Jr. at uh, you know in Round Rock. At the Dale Diamond. <laughs> yeah, but how many? How many? Oh, of those I'll get to see Aaron Judge or Matt Scherzer. <laughs> well, these these like the River Dogs, for instance. Like there, I, I someone asked me the other day, "You ever go to any River Dogs games?" I said no, and I would venture a guess if there's six thousand people there, five thousand nine hundred and ninety-five of them have no idea who one of these starters is, but they do. A They're just hoping to drink program. beer with Bill Murray, right? Yeah, they're hoping to catch him there. These minor league guys—they do a masterful job of marketing, and you got to tip your hat to them. I mean, it's yeah, it's what, you know, that's it's all right. Uh, before I let you go, uh, Carolina stands at number one in the RPI, number three in the D one baseball poll after sweeping Florida this weekend. Keith, it's it's been a magical run. I mean, you go five and three against LSU, Vanderbilt, and Florida. And, I mean, it really wasn't that competitive of a series. I mean, you run-ruled them on Thursday. It was 5-1 to one after the second inning when Petrie just hit that no-doubter. I was watching on my phone in the parking lot getting ready to go call a 3A baseball game out in a cornfield in Thorndale. And as soon as he hit it, I was like, that thing is that's a no doubter. <laughs> and then it was six to two on Saturday, and I thought some very questionable like Michael Braswell came up and they called two strikes in a row on him on the outside corner on pitches that in the next half inning, uh South Carolina threw in the same exact spot on 0-2 pitches twice in a row, and they were both called balls. And then the guy winds up getting a base hit and drives in a run and kind of tightens it up. I, I thought uh, the the strike zones were not as consistent in the last two games as the first game of the series. But, I mean, there's no slowing down this train right now. I mean, hell, uh, Gavin Cassis may have had a collapse long and dude just trucks all the way in and slides in from first base on a double. Yeah. I mean, it's back. JC said it earlier this morning on my show. It's back to battle to win anyway. I mean, this team has grit. They have toughness and they may be the deepest and most talented team in the country, the way they are playing right now. And when they're completely healthy. I mean, you need to get your team back healthy before the postseason. Now, you don't have Thursday, Friday, Saturday. You get Friday, Saturday, Sunday against Auburn. You get no midweek game. You get extra rest. And, you know, worst case, you got to get two out of three, and hopefully you sweep them. And, and you're number one in the SEC right now. Yep. That's right. That's, you know. Keep the train on the tracks, and it all takes care of itself. 
so you know, we'll. Um, it's just an incredible run. All right, Keith. nothing slows down this train. No, no, I hope not. Yeah, they uh, they certainly pick each other up constantly. It is incredible to see. Thank you, man. Have yourself a wonderful, wonderful week pulling them through over there in Texas. Cold weather baseball. Oh, it's all of a sudden turned back into winter out here. Maybe it'll get to 60 degrees today. Maybe. Wow. <laughs> Probably not. Late April? Long, long sleeves, maybe even a jacket on the bases tonight for baseball. Ooh. Last week of the regular season. Big, big games, seeding on the line before the playoffs. Hmm. Late April, not even 60 in Texas. Who'd have thunk it? Non-Central Texas. I wouldn't have thought it. No, no way. Thanks, bud. All right, guys. Have a great week. Thank you, as always. Enjoy it. 12.38 on this Monday afternoon. Time out. We'll be right back. If you're in the upstate of South Carolina and are in need of residential real estate services, Cindy Bass, Sear Fossil, Caldwell Banker, Kane is for you. Ask her about the village at Creekside, all of her listings in my hometown of Spartanburg, South Carolina, right there on Daniel Morgan Avenue, married to a lifelong Gamecock fan. And many of our listeners have already bought homes from her and been 100% satisfied with the detail and care she uses. Cindy Searfoss, 864-414-5271, Caldwell Banker Kane in the upstate for your real estate needs. Cool Joe here, and when I'm not eating average jambalaya or celebrating endless summer in Destin, I like to eat pimento cheese straight off the bucket. Mmm, and the only pimento cheese I like to eat is from Nana's Porch. It's award-winning, it'll melt in your mouth, it's good on a cracker, it's good in a bowl, it's good on a piece of bread. Also, don't forget, Nana's Porch has a hell of a food truck. It's award-winning as well, and they're here for all of your catering needs. So get online, nanasporch.com. It's mm-mm good. Coach O, signing off. In the summer, go Tiger. The preferred sign partner of Gamecock Athletics is Signorama Columbia, and they should be yours too. A full-service sign company that handles design, production, install, and service, Signorama Columbia has helped to bring to life the perfect vision for so many all across South Carolina. Owned and operated by proud Gamecock alumni, they can handle all types of signage, including interior and exterior, vehicle graphics, and more. Go to Signorama.com and find the West Columbia location or call them at 803-407-9284. Bring your brand to life with Signorama. Columbia and go hey man, are you sick and tired of your business computer guy? Yes, he takes forever to call me back and doesn't always respond to the requests. Yeah, same here. I'm paying him good money. I constantly have issues and I'm worried he's not backing up my network and securing it properly. You know what, Phil? Let's ask Stone Blanton. Hey, JC and Phil, if you want a solution to your IT problems, give Heritage Digital a call. Our boy Matt Odom has a low-cost, one-price solution that will get you running right. Call 843-699-1001 or heritagedigital.com and ask for Matt. He will hook you up today and tell them Stone's in This is Freshman All-American, Nicky Memorial of the Carolina Gamecocks, and you are listening to the show with JC and Phil. Welcome back to the Sonorama Studios, everybody. Inside the Gamecocks, the show here. 
presented to you by Express Sunrooms of Columbia. Give John and his team a call, 803-446-4662. It's how to get in touch with them to bring some more sunshine into your life. And yeah, Don Lemon looks like he's leaving CNN, but I don't know about y'all. I, you know, I have zero issue whatsoever removing all celebrity from the news that I take in. So, you know what? I really don't give a darn. <laughs> I don't want Don Lemon. <laughs> like what? Don Lemon lost all credibility on New Year's Eve when he just proceeded to just get drunk on the air because yeah. he was sad because of the election <laughs> in 2016. And uh, CNN, of course, got purchased by um, another company, and they're cutting a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're 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 really whittling it down, so to speak. No pun intended for our, our guest earlier, but uh, so I'm sure his contract was massive, and I'm sure that uh, his run-ins with uh, the ladies on his new show didn't help, and uh, he probably deserved to get fired. I mean, yeah. I've, I've, I've never, I've never been a fan. I, I think he's intellectually dishonest and doesn't think before he speaks, which I would think would be a key when you're on the, in the news. Right, you need to at least think before you talk. Uh, and some of the stuff he says is just way, way out of left field. And you know, I don't think he does research. And I don't know. So pretty glad he, pretty not not sad he's gone. Not really sad about Tucker, other than a lot of my friends really watch Tucker a lot. A lot of people I know. Uh, so so that that's kind of weird. But uh, you know, it's kind of weird that this both happened and, and on a Monday too. You know, normally this type of news guys breaks on a Friday, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 But then they both were within about 15 minutes of each other, which is even stranger. So who knows? Maybe Don Lamont and Tucker Carlson are about to open. Don Lamont. Don Lamont. You, you, Don Lamont. You, you, pulled the, you pulled the Tucker there. <laughs> um, uh, real, real quick here on – so – we probably will get um, some new Field of 64 predictions this week from D1 Baseball. They're kind of mm-hmm. – they get to that point where they start to. Uh, let me just give you the free plug for D1 Baseball, if it tells you anything. Just four days ago, five days ago, which was Thursday, right? Uh, Wednesday, last Wednesday, 1920. Yeah. Baseball America's uh, projected field of 64 was out, and they had the Gamecocks as a nine seed. So, like right now, like uh, that was last Wednesday, where Hmm. baseball or D1 baseball had them as a five, which this week they'll they'll move up. I don't, the difference in a five and a nine seed is like it's not just four numbers. (laughs) <laughs> like that's that is huge um and that just goes in and, and i'm not gonna say his name but it's written by a guy that just it, 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 this guy writes every year and i i i'm like does he actually watch the games like i don't, I don't know what is he doing um so for those that are now kind of like locked in on paying attention to the projections if you go back and look at it historically since d1 baseball became a thing and look at everybody they've hired that there's a reason why they are the best at what they do so follow those the rest of them really don't mean anything um 
that D1 baseball ones are pretty close. And with all that said this weekend, I still don't – even with Vandy getting swept, Florida getting swept, and Arkansas getting swept, I'm not sure that any of those teams drop out of being a top eight national seed after getting swept. Maybe – yeah, I, I. They'd have to continue the collapse yeah. through the rest of the. I mean, you know, it, you can't do that based on one season in baseball. I mean, w- based on one weekend, one weekend. baseball. That yeah. just, yeah, you just can't do that. I think the because um, UVA got beat this weekend too. I think the one team that has entered, not even the conversation. Like if it if it seeded today, and you said, "Give me a team that's in the top eight that we haven't really talked about in the top eight thus far," they're not far away. Coastal Carolina. They're sixth. Uh, sports, uh, Phil, Phil Kornblut had a, he tweeted all the in-state uh, teams. Gamecocks first, Coastal sixth, Clemson's 22nd, Wofford's 51st, College of Knowledge, or I'm sorry, College of Charleston's 80. Yeah. Upstate, the Alma Mata, 109, Charleston Southern, 112, Winthrop, 113, PC, 179, Citadel Bulldogs, 225. So, that's uh coastal strong and you know look if coastal were located in Arizona or Utah or Oregon or Colorado someplace like that uh, I'd say they're almost a lock but you know what works against them as far as hosting and things like that is they're they're right here where the ACC and SEC is so you know yeah. um if you're looking if they oh, they're going to they host they, they They're factor in some geographic bounds. Yeah, I mean, but uh, as a national top eight, you know, yeah. so I, I think, you know, because you're, you're so, so I don't know, who knows, but, uh, you know, closing well, at 20 seconds, uh, surprise, I know the Tigers swept NC State this past weekend, so it looks yeah. like they're, they're coming on. And, oh, I, mean, I think I don't they'd be know, in the tournament. If you're the Gamecocks, I don't think you want them to be in your regional. I, no, I, I think there's I don't just think something to be, be said about that. I so, think they, yeah. I think, honestly, they go to Coastal. It's really in the coastal. Yeah, I I think it would be. I mean, there's going to be so many. I don't know if it'll depend on what they do the rest of the year. Like projections this week, you're going to start to see Clemson back in them. Like that's going to yeah. happen. So, but you're going to have you got to remember everything that's surrounding them, right? Carolina is going to get one. Coastal is going to get one. They're not going to go to Wake. If Virginia get Virginia will get one, they're not going to go there. Florida's going to get uh, a host. Vandy. You know, I mean, there, there's a, Kentucky's going to get one. Arkansas. There's so many SEC teams, plus coastal. Um, but I, I it, it might be a coastal where where Clemson where Clemson ends up. Like I think you're going to see them this week, probably in there, back in a lot of these projections as a as a three seed, and maybe even as like one of the lower two seeds because they're nine and nine in the league and their RPI is so high, and they've won three straight. Um, They've won three straight series in the league, and their only loss in their last six games is against Georgia. And has anybody paid attention? Georgia's, Georgia's another winning. team all of a sudden. Yeah. Like, yeah. how good does that sweep look right now? You t- you tagged them for two ten run rules in their own ballpark, and they're a top 20 RPI team that if they, if they stay hot down the stretch, guess who else is going to be going, hey, well, maybe think about us as a, as a host. I mean, they got to keep. They got to keep winning, but it's possible. There's just so much stuff that is still to be determined. It's crazy. 
All right, so a question from the Nanosports chat box, and I think I'll answer it and let you say something. Can you see a similar situation with Ethan Petrie this, after this season, like Tommy White at NC State? NIL changes everything. Um, South Carolina baseball, uh, Carolina rises. We do a really good job with NIL here. Uh, so based on the answers, no. And even if there was some sort of – NIL situation, I think we could probably meet it. So, yeah. Um, yeah. And if, and if you don't want that to happen, go join Carolina Rouse. I don't know, Brandon, <laughs> if you're a member or not. Oh, so yeah. You know what? Matter of fact, he's probably definitely leaving for more money. Yeah, that's Come right. On, yeah, this is that's right. Show up in Columbia. You know matter fact, you can't make heard, it to rain check package. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I heard that him and Mahoney and uh, Messina were a package deal at LSU. We're going to need some more money. Jeez. So, uh, but, no, just uh, yeah, I don't. No, I don't. I don't think, think so. I mean, just talking to you know, because you, you always kind of wonder about that. Just not so much that you're, you're worried about getting outbid, but you you definitely want to make sure you're prepared, especially when you're in my situation. So, yes. just talking to people, I nah. I'd be very surprised if he went right back in the garnet and black the next two years, and Absolutely. he just may have a little bit more coin in his pocket, right? <laughs> so, because he's already he's already got deals now. I mean, it's not like he's doing nothing, you know, and right. like I've said many times, no, these baseball guys aren't on full scholarships, so they're just looking to supplement their educational experience, right? Um, right. And so that's it. Uh, Quantrell says, and this is for you, JB, if Campbell, the Camels from Bowie's Creek, North Carolina, keeps single digits to the loss column, do they get in the top eight? Does Campbell University? That's a really, uh, okay, so they're right now their RPI is too low. Because they're twenty-seven, I think in RPI. And actually, it's funny. It's funny he asked about that because I was looking at their what's left for them this morning. So they've got they've got a few opportunities um, to make it in, quote unquote interesting for the committee. Their first thing should just be about securing a top sixteen national seed, which they absolutely are going to be uh, in the thick of it for. They've got Duke this week, who's ranked twenty second in the country, and Duke's RPI is seventeen. They got to go to North Carolina uh, next week. That's a, another quad one opportunity again on the road. They also have to go to East Carolina uh, on May sixteenth, and then of course they've got all the series that they need to win that are left. The problem with those series is that UNC Asheville, Gardner Webb, and South Carolina Upstate have a combined average rpi of like 120 so like you can't lose games like they're they're in a really weird spot where it's a it's and it's about winning series for them but also a loss is going to really hurt them um as of last week they were not a a top 16 uh national seed so where did they? I don't even remember where they had them. They had they had them in Charlottesville as a two seed. So their first thing's going to be getting into sixteen. I, I I just it's a it's a really good question. I I would leave it at this. I think that they have to win all those Q ones. Probably, I mean, they essentially have to win out and win their tournament. They might they might be able to allow a, a loss or two. Where they what are they nine losses right now? So. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't think so. I think they could definitely be a top sixteen national seed. Um, 
maybe in at 15 or 16. And if you're South Carolina and you're in at one or two, that would be a nice setup. So I'll say that. I see all the stuff on Monty, so let's hit our final timeout, and then uh, we can answer that too when we come back. And um, and then we'll take you home here on this marvelous Monday afternoon. You are listening to and watching Inside the Gamecocks, the show teed up by TravelingCountryClub.com. Days of being back in the pool and boat are quickly approaching. Many of us don't have the time to hit the gym, but Charleston Fitness Equipment can change that for you. Outfit your home with a treadmill, elliptical, or my favorite, a home rower that allows you to row with the pros all over the world. They have free weights, home gyms, flooring, and much more that makes keeping or getting in shape much more convenient. Located in Mount Pleasant, visit charlestonfitnessequipment.com for more. Get in shape like our Gamecocks. Charleston Fitness Equipment, proud partners of Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Are you looking to buy a new home? Kevin O'Connell with Union Home Mortgage is a local mortgage expert and Gamecocks fan servicing North and South Carolina. Whether you're buying a home, building your dream home with new construction, or turning your equity into cash, UHM's world-class service will ensure you find the perfect mortgage to achieve your home ownership goals. Call Kevin at 803-906-0244 or visit UHM.com today. Union Home Mortgage is an equal housing lender. NMLS 2229 LONMLS 1772182. I want you to take me to Disney World. Calm down, calm down. JC is here. As y'all know, folks, the family and I have visited Disney World many times, but it can be overwhelming, especially if it's your first time going to the most magical place on earth. I highly recommend wherethisroadleads.com and my friend Cherie, a certified Disney vacation planner. That's right. The mouse has given her permission to book your family vacation hassle-free. You don't know where to go, don't know where to stay, don't know where to eat, don't know what to do. It can be overwhelming. So get on wherethisroadleads.com and schedule your free consultation right now. She can help you out. The prices are very reasonable. You don't pay any extra fees. Uh, in fact, she's much more reasonable maybe than booking it straight through Disney. For your next Disney vacation or, you know, more likely your first so you don't panic, go to wherethisroadleads.com and talk to Cherie, certified Disney vacation planner, a partner of Inside the Gamecocks, the show. This is Braylon Wimmer, South Carolina Gamecock Baseball, and you are listening to Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Go Cock! Welcome back, everybody, to Inside the Gamecocks, the show, presented to you by Express Sunrooms of Columbia. 803-446-4662 is how to get in touch with them, talk about how they can bring some more sunshine into your life this summer. And quick programming note, tomorrow we are going to have... In studio, Mike Bratton with that SEC podcast. He will be in, uh, I believe it's noon. Yeah, noon tomorrow. So we will be joined by Michael W. of that SEC podcast. Good to have him back on the show. Uh, Get his opinion on uh, kind of a 30,000 foot view of uh, the football program. Yeah. Yeah. Around the SEC this Mm -hmm. spring, too. Yeah, it's and I think the next day we've got the gentleman on from this SEC podcast, right? 
So tomorrow's that, and then this is Wednesday. This, yeah, like that, and like this, and like that. This Anna. one, yeah. Um, the questions, <laughs> excuse me. The questions pertaining to Monty, um, don't have any reason to believe he won't be at South Carolina at all. Uh, he's look, Monty. Monty's a guy who um, he wants to be where he's going to be happy. He is not a chase the money type guy. Um, he's not a chase the fame type guy. He's not a chase the next job guy. He's chase what makes me happy. And um, he's really happy being back in Columbia. So I'll leave that there. His family's from Lugoff, and he, it's easy for him to go see people he knows. And um, I don't have any reason to believe that Monty Lee would not be in a Carolina uniform next year. And I'm be, uh, that's not like a, I know that's serious. Like he, he loves it there and hopefully it all works out. I tell you who you need to keep out for is old Scott Wingo. Somebody out there is going to realize this dude has only had one guy thrown out at home all year. And they're going to be like, man, pay, pay him. He's got a great windmill going over at third. So <laughs> the windmill. We'll have to I think honestly, Justin, Justin Park, Justin Parker is a guy to keep an eye on. Oh yeah, some of these. All shots. of them. This staff is tremendous, in. man. It's tremendous staff. Yeah, and look, you also got to. I think you got to credit Chad Kaye a little bit too, because uh, you yep. know when all this portal, all these portal acquisitions were happening, he was the guy. It was before Monty got here, and so it's uh, a great you know, point. I, I think that. The Chad deserves some credit too, and uh, and, fact, and another he guy was heavily, heavily involved. So another another guy too, a guy who has has become a, a great friend. I would say a guy named Skyler Mead. There's a lot of pitchers on this staff that were brought here by Skyler Mead, and so like, would you see those arguments, right? J- I know you see them, JC, on the message boards all the time. Oh, Monty did it. Oh no, Kingston deserve credit. Oh no, this guy, that guy. There's a lot of people that deserve a lot of credit. It's okay to say collectively there are a lot of coaches who are here and not here anymore that deserve credit for having this thing where it is. That's it's, okay. It, sometimes, it, you know, it takes a – you know, you, you make a hire. We saw it with Coach Tanner. I mean, look, Chad Holbrook does deserve some credit for, you know, the dynamic that took place when, when he joined the staff uh, under Ray. Uh, and it set up those championship runs. I mean, Chad was a, a big part of that. And, um, you know, sometimes uh, baseball is a, a very much a chemistry game. <laughs> and it's weird because it, it, it's, it's so much depends on your individual performance. Uh, there's so much one-on-one in the sport, so to speak. But that cohesiveness, that togetherness, that, that, that happy clubhouse, the, uh, the ability to relax, the ability to respond, that's all collective coaching, and uh, you got to give the staff, including Mark Kingston, as seventy six said, people like to dog on him, but you got to give him a shout out. Yeah, you do. He's the head coach, and and he's pushed the right buttons this year. Yeah, made the right moves, and uh, <clears throat> made the right moves in the off season, and uh, and hey, it's worked out through forty games splendidly. Yeah, it sure. There's another guy that had something to do with uh, putting together some of the guys on that roster that won the World Series. His name is Monty Lee. So yeah. I don't ever want to leave it. He was recruiting Jackie Bradley a long time before uh, they won the World Series. So, um, you know, let's make sure we again. It's there's always so much more than what you see on the surface. So, all right, Phil, 
We are out of oh, time. Yeah. Let's get out of here. Yeah. About time to run. Good day. Grab Probably. a sandwich. Have a sandwich. Have a Coke and a smile. Coke and a smile. Coke and a smile and shut the up. Anyway, yeah. uh, Eddie Murphy roll. Eddie Murphy. <laughs> you tell him to have a Coke. He called up Richard Pryor. He's like, you tell him to said to have a Coke and a smile and shut the fuck up. <laughs> you who is America's dad now. <laughs> That's right. Hey, speaking of a smile, we'll all have one on our faces on Thursday at Home Team Barbecue. In five points. Well, anytime I've ever been in five points, I've been smiling, I'm pretty sure. And then on Saturday at Home Team Barbecue in North Mount Pleasant. Uh, so please go to carolinarisemembers.com or you can just go to thepigspur.com uh, and uh, and get your tickets, get your tickets, get your tickets, send it to your neighbor, have him send it to his aunt, have her send it to her uncle, and so on and so forth. And then We'll all get to meet each other this weekend. I know everybody's excited about meeting JC and uh, me. I, me and Phil are too. We've never met him, so we're. we're I know. I mean, it'll be interesting. Yeah. Uh, I mean. uh, who coaches first base? Alex Boychuk. Uh, he was a uh, catcher and had to medically retire. Yeah. So he's coaching first base. Gotcha. So, uh, but buy your tickets. Can't wait to see everybody there. Thanks to John and Keith and JC and uh, Classic Phil. And uh, tomorrow, as a reminder, we'll give away that um, that the Columbia ticket, mm-hmm. and we'll be joined by Michael Bratton, and we've got some other surprises in store this week, so don't go anywhere. Thanks for watching and listening. Have a marvelous Monday. We'll see you tomorrow on Inside the Gamecocks, the show from the Sinorama Studios.